The Hawkeyes are fresh off a 24-14 season opening win over Utah State. Iowa will take on Iowa State next week. An exciting start, a mediocre middle, and a strong ending, at least on, on one side of the ball. David Eichel, Sean Bach here. 247sportshawkeyeinsider.com. Still time to hop on board our 50% off a VIP subscription. Tons and tons of post-game coverage with still more to come at Hawkeye Insider. Sean, let's just start right from the top. Uh, really interesting, at least first couple drives of the game. I think Iowa came out very aggressively. It was the first season opening drive under Kirk Ferentz that resulted in a passing touchdown. I mean, 25 of them. It's kind of crazy, especially since most game ones are considered tune-up games. But Cade McNamara, the Michigan transfer, did get the start. We'll dive more into him in a little bit, but give me your just sort of first thoughts about how yesterday transpired. Yeah, I mean, the start of it, like I said, you probably couldn't have asked for a better start when it comes to, you know, getting offensive, the offense rolling and getting momentum. I mean, Caleb Johnson's big kick return kind of started that off too. You got to give, you got to give credit there because that play was, was pretty big for, getting, uh, you know, on that side of the field. And obviously Cade, his first pass from scrimmage as a Hawkeye, went for a touchdown. And, I mean, I thought it was broken coverage, but I think the Utah State defensive back just slipped. I mean, it's kind of hard where my angle was on the field to see what totally happened. But looking back, it just seemed like he slipped because Seth Anderson got pretty open pretty easily. So that was uh, definitely one that I think a lot of people looked at that and were like, I looked at people on the sidelines, like the photos and video people, TV people, and I said to them, you know, I'm actually excited to watch Iowa on offense this year. Or like, I'm excited for the next drive. Last year, it kind of felt like you were hoping that, you know, maybe the defense would get a play or be the one that's responsible for a touchdown. But this year, at least like the first couple of drives, I mean, then the next, the next uh, drive too, you know, Iowa was able to punch it in for a touchdown, which, you know, was a really impressive drive. Probably their best drive of the day when it went for 11, 11 plays, 75 yards, over four minutes. And, it, I mean, it's like the case again, like last year, when when there's longer drives, that's generally going to be more successful for Iowa. You know, they're they're not going to have these home run plays. I mean, maybe they will more often now. I mean, they should more often now with Kay McMara quarterback, but – you know, it's when they piece these drives together, and that's what's going to be so important about the run game too, which, I mean, I'm sure we'll discuss later on. As this run game goes, then that's really what the key is to this Iowa offense. And, you know, say what you want about the offensive line. Pass protection was fantastic. I was looking at uh, Pro Football Focus this morning, and they only Iowa's offensive line only allowed one pressure, and that was Mason Richmond, who had the best pass – blocking and, you know, one of the best run blocking grades of the day on pro football focus. And he was the only guy to allow one pressure while the run blocking was, you know, a little, a little rough here and there, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I know we'll dive into defense too, but offensively, I think, you know, obviously starting out with a bang was, was good to see. And, you know, I think Iowa's play calling was a little, maybe closer to the vest or, you know, maybe a little more conservative because Cade been struggling with that injury, so they really didn't want him to do a whole lot. I mean, 
there were a couple of times where, you know, he just threw the ball away. It really didn't seem like to, you know, want to get upfield because of that injury where it, yeah. and he probably could have gotten like 15 or 20 more yards. And they knew Utah State knew that he wasn't totally a, a threat to make those plays with his feet because of his injury. So I think once he gets healthy, we'll see a little bit more from the offense, you know, see a little more dynamic uh, play from him. But thought overall, obviously, he was a positive run game could have been better. You know, he had chances. I think Iowa's receivers and tight ends had about three drops on the day. Obviously, Nico's touchdown would have been – would have put Iowa up. That was a um, perfect ball from mouth. Cade, too. Like, just re-watching yeah. it today, it was a perfect pass. Nico just turned over the wrong shoulder. Right, yeah. It was uh, It was a really nice pass. And I know Luke Lachey had one. I forget who had the other drop. Besides the point, you know, I, yeah. I think what – I mean, obviously, you would have liked to – bigger margin but I think speaking in terms of what you expected from Cade I think you I think you should be happy with that performance in terms of Cade's you know outing look Iowa should have scored more points there's no doubt I mean Cooper should have had a pick six Luke Lachey probably scores on that pass that just went off the top of his hands I think it'd be a little bit closer but Iowa just had slight missed opportunities and everybody's harping on the offensive line, and I understand it because there's no reason why Iowa should not have ran the ball a lot better than they did against Utah State. Utah State was one of the worst defensive lines and run-stopping last season, and Iowa just looked almost inept when it came to the run game. I mean, you look at yesterday, they had 36 carries, totaling 88 yards. Caleb Johnson only averaged 3.3 yards a carry. That's not something we're – really accustomed to seeing after what he did last season. But I also think you need to separate what they did in the, like you said, in the pass blocking, I thought their pass blocking was really, really good. How many times did Cade just sort of sit back in the pocket? Look, it wasn't perfect, but Cade maneuvered the pocket well. And sometimes you have to have a quarterback that can extend those plays or just get outside, make correct decisions. I thought the offensive line from a pass blocking perspective was really good. And I think people need to give them credit I also think when you, you just look at the pass game as a whole, Sean, the way Iowa's offense got sparked was by stretching the field. You look at the 36-yard pass touchdown. You look at the big plays. Luke Lachey made seven catches, 73 yards yesterday, including a big third-down conversion during Cade McNamara's final drive. You look at just Iowa looking to the perimeter and going downfield. That's what really opened up the offense, and that's when they had success. The second, third quarter, they were just missing a couple little things. The teams were stacking the box, and Iowa just, like you said, Cade was a little bit limited. But then you also look at the special teams. I didn't think the special teams was great yesterday. Caleb Johnson had that big sort of first play of the game, 54 yards, right? Torrey Taylor's blocked punt was one of the weirdest things I think I've ever seen. I mean, it gets tipped. The ball goes, what, maybe 12 yards, then rolls another 20 to 25. I've, I've never seen anything like that. Maybe that's just Iowa LeVar Woods magic. But there are a lot of things I think Iowa needs to clean up on both sides of the ball. But if you're asking me if I think Iowa is poised to be better than last year, or I think there's foundational pieces that they can work with, I think people should be more encouraged than not based on what they saw yesterday. Now, if Iowa goes in there and runs the ball for 20 yards against Iowa State, then, you know, I think some concerns could linger. But at least offensively, I thought I thought Cade was spectacular. 
I mean, he made the correct decisions with the ball. There was maybe one or two passes where he tried to force it in double coverage. It was a drop pick. I think Seth Anderson made a great play to break up an interception. He was playing defensive back basically at that time. But I give Cade probably an A minus yesterday. I, I was, especially with him not being 100%, I think that's what Iowa's really been missing. And you could tell, like, he's very, very in love with being at Iowa, just the way he talks, the way he goes about his business on the field. There, there are pieces to work with, I think, is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I agree with you on, you know, all those points. And I think Cade's the type of quarterback, too, where obviously, you know, he definitely has an improved moxie and like just like the zip that he has on his throws and he just seems more comfortable in the pocket and and like we said he's not even 100 percent, but he's the type of quarterback too where if you can get a proven run game with him or something consistent he can be that much better and i was a little surprised honestly to see on pro football focus this morning that he wasn't as graded as highly on the play action passes that he had, because I kind of felt like that would be his bread and butter a little bit. Um, so that was just, that was just a, an interesting note, yeah. but you know, I, I figured too, that this game, I mean, he really likes that left outside. He really likes the outside hash on the left um, when it comes to, you know, making those deep throws. I mean, those were two, probably two of his best deep balls of the, of the day were the ones to Nico and uh, Seth Anderson, um, along with that catch by Lachey, too. But those those ones to the wide receivers really stuck out. But we kind of knew he'd use the middle of the field. Like, we knew that, you know, Iowa's tight end play, that's what they're going to rely on. That's what they're going to do. They're going to get the ball to the middle of the field. Um, and that was kind of kind of be what, what happened yesterday. And, you know, that's what did happen. But, I mean – Pivoting over to the defense, Dave, I don't know if you have any more observations about the offense. Um, but I, I think really, 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 really quick about Cade, and I think this is a very key stat I meant to bring up when I was talking. I don't know if you ran into this stat that they were talking about. I think Iowa football ended up putting it, putting it out yesterday. It was on third and fourth down passing for Cade. Let me make sure I get the stats right. Cade on third and fourth down was nine to 12 for 118 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, three completions on deep throws, 20 or more yards downfield. That's a winning statistic. I know, again, there's missed opportunities, but you have a quarterback that's making plays when they need to make plays. That was a very, very big thing that stuck out to me, just how efficient he was when his kind of back was against the wall. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. So I'm going to switch over to the defense. Um, I thought it was a good day. I mean, pass protection. I felt like, you know, Joe Evans had a really big day. He led the team with, I think it was like four quarterback pressures. Brian Allen, I thought, looked really good with that second unit. He was probably the the lone bright spot of that second unit um, where, you know, Utah State kind of yeah. just bullied their way down the field on that last drive. Um, defensive line, I mean, you'd have liked to finish some of those tackles too. I thought there were opportunities where – you know, maybe they dove a little bit later, a little bit early, you know, when it came to, came to, uh, you know, getting sacks or, you know, getting, getting guys in the, in the backfield. You know, I thought the defensive backs, Deshaun Lee had a really good day. I know I've been, I know you've been talking pretty highly of him and, you know, we saw what he could do in the kids' day scrimmage as well. Um, I thought Utah State came out with a really good strategy to, you know, do a bunch of quick hitters. 
because I think that's something that Iowa has really struggled with um, or, you know, hasn't been as good against or has, you know, had issues against in peace in recent years where, you know, these teams will just do these, some of these quick hitters and, you know, yeah. some of these various blocking, you know, things out, out in the, out in space and, you know, kind of just play fast and play with tempo and, you know, with the heat too, like that's, that can wear down the defense. And, you know, I thought they did a really good job too. I, I mentioned Terrell Vaughn and, you know, how much of a game maker or game changer he could be with his speed in the slot. And, you know, there were times where they were running him out for screen plays and, you know, getting guys, uh, you know, tight ends, other wide receivers to take Cooper DeGene out of the play and, you know, really try to prevent him from making plays in space and, you know, just being a, just being a threat on the field. Um, so I thought Utah State got, I think that was a good game plan that they, uh, they came up with, but defense overall, I mean, I would, I would give them a pretty high grade. Obviously there were a couple of drives that stood out as ones that, you know, you can't let them get down the field as, you know, easily as Utah State seemed to do, or, you know, just the quick hitters that they were able to do. But once again, I think you have to, you know, take into account that what we saw last year from the Iowa defense was absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, we, we kind of said that this defense would take a step back now. Like I said, it was hot yesterday, probably put 100-plus degrees on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah, the first definitely. game of the season. First game of the season, I thought Utah State schemed pretty well in various drives. Um, so, I mean, I think you got as, just about as good of a performance as you could have gotten from the defense, um, like with the conditions and, you know, just yeah. how everything was kind of working. Yeah, and I think also, too, keep this in mind, and Kirk basically admitted at postgame that it was hard to scout Utah State. I mean, they had 59 yeah. newcomers. They, they have new coordinators. They basically threw out the film from last year. And I think during our preview podcast, Sean, we had, we had mentioned that they were going to go to a up-tempo kind of quick passing scheme. And, you know, the news we'll, we need to discuss as well is Jamari Harris is going to be out against Iowa State. Deshaun Lee is likely going to get that start again. I think he, outside of a couple plays, I thought he did play a strong game. I thought the defense is okay. I'm probably not as high on it as you are yesterday. I mean, you look at, you know, 24 carries, 116 yards, 4.8 yard average. I think they only gave up one double-digit yardage run by their starting running back. But Cooper Lega, I mean, 32 of 48, 213 yards. So, I mean, again, it's not like they're torching Iowa for – 10, right. 20, 30 yards downfield. They're just doing quick hitters. And as a defense, I'm sure that was very annoying for Iowa. to yeah. don't have to cover that. But then you look at the defensive line. Like you said, there's only one sack. I believe Deontay Craig got that. Iowa was getting pressure. They were doing certain things. I think they like certain things. But it also showed me, and maybe this is pretty typical, that second unit still has a lot of room to grow. And while Iowa is deep at certain positions, like they cannot afford to lose certain guys. And I also think people are being too hard on Nick Jackson. I know a lot of people said, well, where's his tackling machine? Where's this? I thought Jay Higgins was very smart in his analysis post game when he was asked about Nick. He just said he was in coverage all day. Like that's not something that he, Jay is like, I don't like playing a lot of coverage. I like to go hit the quarterback. I like to go hit the running backs. I don't want to be covering wide receivers. And Nick took on that responsibility at that at that linebacker spot to go out and cover a tight end, to go out and cover a guy in the slot. 
So I think there's room for Nick to grow, obviously, but I also don't think he was as poor as, you know, what we've read on the message boards and on Twitter. Xavier Wampa is fine, by the way. Kirk Ferentz said postgame it was just a cramp due to, like you said, the extreme heat. I know some people have been wondering about Xavier. Xavier's interception was ridiculous. I don't think I realized until the replay how crazy of an interception it was. And I'm also wondering how many Iowa safeties could have made that play in the past. I mean, that just shows the type of upside that Xavier has. So I thought Iowa was okay. I also think there's a ton of room for that defense to grow. And I'm very intrigued about how Iowa's going to go about their business this upcoming weekend against Iowa State. And Iowa State had their own struggles, but that Iowa State defense versus that Iowa offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, And I hate to say it, Sean, it could be very – I know we'll get into it later. It could be very, very reminiscent of what last year's was. Low scoring, two good defenses. It's going to be interesting. But like I said, I think in terms of growing – as a team and as a unit week one to week two is the best chance for in-season growth, maybe outside the bye week. Yeah. I mean, we said that last year too, um, with yeah. that South Dakota state, Iowa state game, obviously, you know, conditions were different. Um, you know, all, all that stuff, you know, has to take into, uh, has to come into effect, but yeah, I mean the defense, I mean, Real quick on the offense, too, I, I thought that we should, probably should have mentioned this. Those jet sweeps to Kane Wetgen, you know, the walk-on from Williamsburg, played a year at Iowa yeah. Western. What would you think of those? Super hit or miss. When they work, yeah. that's going to be a great play call. When it's bad, we're all going to sit there and be like, why the hell are they still running this? Yeah. So I mean maybe maybe they'll keep maybe they'll keep doing it. Maybe they won't. I mean, probably will. I mean, Caden's got a lot of speed. I would love to see him on special teams. Um, but I know he he's did had, score that know. touchdown, by the way. I, I watched that replay. I'm convinced yeah. they should have reviewed that. I thought he deserved that touchdown. Yeah, I know he's like had issues at times with, you know, kind of just making clean catches when it comes to being a punt returner. And, you know, that's kind of 70 90 percent of the i mean nine probably 100 percent of the battle because you know if you can't catch it and you can't be reliable then you can't return it so um you know i'd love to see him out there but obviously you know those coopers as reliable as it gets um for the most part at that at that return spot but yeah i mean the defense i mean i i thought there were there were good things i thought the defensive line you know Obviously, you'd have liked to see, you know, a couple more, a couple more sacks. But, but at the end of the day, it's like Utah State isn't really allowing, you know, they're not really drawing up these play, these deep plays downfield where, you know, the quarterback, you can get more time to get to the quarterback. Like, obviously, there were a couple of, you know, missed tackles for a loss here or there, or, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, you're not going to get as much penetration or as much, you know, pressure on that, on the, yeah. you know, in the, in the pocket when, those types of plays are, are coming to be. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like the defense could have, you know, did, did its job. Like that's, I mean, allowing six points even to a team like Utah state is pretty good. Um, obviously there are probably some drives in certain plays that Phil Parker would like to have back, but, you know, I feel like that's, I feel like the defense did fine for, you know, what people are going to talk about that second unit. That's probably the one, Concern, you know, I thought the defensive line was fine, but obviously the secondary, you know, there were missed calls, miscommunications, all that. But yeah, looking forward to to Iowa State. 
I didn't I haven't gotten a chance to see much of the Cyclones. Obviously saw a couple of clips on Twitter or X and you and I made some mistakes. I know they're not supposed to be at the top of the Missouri Valley this year. But I feel like it's a totally different, you know, aspect of how Iowa State fans are feeling after their first game as opposed to Iowa fans. Maybe that's just different. Maybe that's just a select group. And it's easy to do that based on the final score and some of the big plays that Iowa State made. And, you know, they had their backup quarterback in or they're now their starting quarterback. So, yes, yeah, Saturday is going to be – it's going to be fascinating. It's two teams that still have question marks. I mean, I think Iowa's, believe it or not, a little more proven on the offensive end with Cade and oh, yeah. you know, his experience. yeah. yeah. And but like all Iowa's offensive line play, like that needs to improve it, especially because you know Iowa State's got a pretty pretty solid defense. Yeah, Iowa State's defense is good. By the way, we do need to mention one more name that from that Iowa second unit that I thought played really well. I thought Cohen Entringer stepped up when yeah. Xavier went out. I was really impressed with what he brought to the table. He was one of my favorite signees in that class, and I think if he stays healthy, he's going to sort of continue that. Upward trajectory. Uh, Drew Stevens is still going to be reliable. I know he really didn't get a chance to show off much when he hit the 20 yard field goal. Uh, but again, I mean, I think I also, I, maybe I mentioned this earlier, but the final score was not that close. Like Iowa thoroughly handled that game despite having a mediocre sort of second, and third quarter, at least on the offensive side. I, I really don't think the game was ever in jeopardy. They were like Utah State was clearly overmatched. Iowa State's going to be interesting. I mean, I think Iowa's feeling pretty confident. I know they're not really trying to give Matt Campbell or any of them any ammunition, any bulletin board material, but you know this is going to mean a lot uh, to Iowa after the way it kind of last season ended and the missed opportunities. And I don't think I've ever seen a game like the Iowa-Iowa State game last year where it just seemed like neither team wanted to win. They both tried so hard to give it to one another and nobody was taking it. But, I mean, remember yeah. Iowa had the chances too to score. I mean, you yep. look at Arlen Bruce's slipped. I know that yep. that play's been caused a lot of controversy among the fan base. Monty Potterbaum had that fumble at the goal line. Like there were chances. There were That's chances. what I'm saying. I mean, Neither team wanted to win that game. Yeah, Aaron Blom could have. And then the one scoring drive that Iowa State did have was that 99 yard drive. Yeah, and you don't see that very often like against Phil. No, and that was one of those, probably one of the most notorious drives since that Big Ten championship one against Michigan State. Yeah, I'd have to go back. I'd have to really think about that, but I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, like I said, that game last year was nuts. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still thinking Iowa. I think I, I really expect Iowa to take a big jump next week on both sides of the ball. I just don't think that I'm very interested to see how Rocco or JJ react to Iowa's defense and what Iowa's going to be able to do. And the other thing is, will Deshaun, you know, will Deshaun Levy right to step up? Because again, Jamari Harris is out for at least one more week. Kirk did not disclose the reason. I think people can put the pieces together. I don't want to say it just because it's nothing officially worded. Uh, from the university, but he is going to be back in week three. 
Iowa gets out of the game relatively healthy. LaShawn Williams is fine. He was the other player that was sort of impacted by the heat at running back. But yeah, I know we're going to have a bunch of content this week, whether it be from Alec, whether it be from Nick Oson, from our Cyclone site, or whether you and me. I mean, there's going to be a lot to dive into it. And again, I, I think Iowa fans are pissed off. I think Iowa is the team's really pissed off going into this week. And I think that's – I think this is really the first year where it's going to feel like hate week since the top 10 matchup because Iowa State finally won. So I think Iowa fans kind of lost that sort of – I don't want to say ego, but just that sort of yeah. trash talk that they can hold over Iowa State's head. So I think it's really just going to sort of ramp up this entire week. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I feel like both teams – have these question marks too, where, I mean, it does feel like that 2021 game a little bit, but those teams, like that was a top 25 matchup, if I'm not mistaken correctly. It feels like both of these programs have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder than maybe past years. I mean, maybe that's just my perspective. I think these teams, I mean, Iowa State's coming off a disappointing year. Um, Iowa's coming off a disappointing year and especially that I mean for what people think it could have became a disappointing year I mean winning the Music City Bowl is still an accomplishment beating an SEC team um, but they they left certain things on the table and obviously the offense last year was not what people wanted to be and that kind of you know leads to that to that extra chip but it feels like it's a big prove-it game for both teams. People are saying Iowa State's, you know, not legit because of that win over you and I. People are – some people are, you know, not as optimistic about Iowa after the – Iowa you know, fans Utah aren't State. happy. Yeah, it's – so it's – I think this would be a big prove-it game. I'm, it's only the first – it's only the second game of the year for both teams, but I still think it's a good test for both teams going into conference play. Yeah, and this is – I tweeted this yesterday – and I'll say it on the air, it's for every team within every, like every fan base. Don't overreact to week one. Illinois barely escaped Toledo last night. I fully anticipate Illinois being a very, very dangerous football team this season. Penn State romps West Virginia. I think they are going to be really good, but Drew Allar is going to, you know, go through his struggles. I think TCU might be able to pull it together despite, you know, losing to Colorado and primetime. It's week one. Weeks two, three, and four. I think by the end of September, you'll really sort of realize where uh, where all these teams sit. And again, I, I think Iowa foundationally looks better, but there are obviously other factors and other aspects where you know they're going to need to continue to step up, whether it be on the offensive line whether it be, you know, getting more pressure on the quarterback, whether it be the young secondary making plays, because, you know, the reality too is, Sean, how we talk about the missed opportunities on offense. What about the missed opportunities on defense? There were probably three or four more passes that probably should have been intercepted by at least Iowa standards and the way that they've played defense over the past, basically since Phil Parker has been there. The, Iowa should have had two or three picks yesterday. Yeah, I mean, but Utah State should have had a couple of plays too here and there. So yeah, it's a it's a weird uh, dynamic. But yeah, I mean, looking forward to this week. It should be a uh, entertaining one, full of content, and the message board is always pretty fun when it's Cyhawk Week too. 
a little bit extra moderating for us to say yeah. the least. But <laughs> uh hawkinsider.com, David Eichel, Sean Bach. We will be back later this week. We'll have a full preview for the Iowa Iowa State. I'm sure I'll hop on and get something with Nick Osen. We'll talk about it. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be a fun week. Stay tuned. And again, 50% off an annual subscription to 24-7 sports.